tuning into verbal assault live stream um we talk about real politics real issues in real time um we're on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts. we're also on facebook instagram twitter and youtube like follow subscribe do whatever you have to do but please be involved with the conversation i don't understand as a host of a political talk show um why everyone has something to say about politics and then when you give them an opportunity to be heard, silence. Um, but here's where we are. So um, today's subject matter is black families, white money and American crisis. And I'm going to share with the audience an observation that I made in the workplace. And I'm very sad to say this, uh, but I've noticed that in the workplace, it is usually um, Caucasian males that are the most consistent and that are about their money. That is my personal observation. And unfortunately, sometimes because of different circumstances, um, sometimes people of African descent will come up short. Sometimes other minorities will come up short. And sometimes women will come up short. Uh, Cherokee Black, you're one of the people that's always here on time on this panel. Um, you're one of our panelists today. We also have Samuel Kachera, our uh, co-host. And we have Mr. Kirk Adair. And Mr. Kirk Adair is consistent, consistent, consistent as best as he can be. And I always wonder, uh, I always wonder where this dynamic sort of come th comes from. And... I, um, and I created today's subject because we, we, we sort of have this imbalance. Our black families are coming up short. And if you're a black family that's not coming up short, God bless you. But enough of them are coming up short that America needs to take notice. Whether it's the father not being in the home, <clears throat> a single parent home, whether it is foster care or whatever that may be. And then we have the issue of American capitalism, which focuses on money. Now, uh, today's subject is white money. Uh, the sort of priority that a lot of Americans, typically Caucasian male Americans, they're about their money. I respect them for that, but at, at the expense of whom? So that, hence the American crisis. Uh, the, the first question is, what can Black families do to overcome this current crisis? Cherokee, I want you to take this one, because I said some things that are probably uh, very personal for you. Um, they can raise their children to be responsible. When I was growing up, I had chores every single day. I couldn't go outside. My grandmother said, if you finish your chores and your homework, you can go outside. I really went outside. I read a lot after I finished. Um, kids, it's according to your foundation, your upbringing, how you're raised. 
um, how you, when you go out into the world, how you receive the world, really. Um, I believe it starts in the home. And, and dysfunction in the home, like not having a father at home, just because you have a father at home doesn't mean he's a good father. So um, I didn't have a father in my home until I was 16. And then at 16, it was a nightmare. I was raised by my grandmother and my mother. I was raised by strong women. Um, so I don't, I don't buy the idea of if there's, because there's no father in the home or there's no mother in the home, that that's an excuse. You know, my grandmother was tough on us. She gave us structure, discipline, and love and nurturing. And I think that's what all children need to be able to, so that when they grow up, they have some frame of reference of what, how they're supposed to be and act. I'm gonna go way back. And um, so many problems that we have in the United States stem from our history. And um, I'd like for everyone in the audience to think, imagine being on a farm, um, large plot of land. Back in those years, it was called a plantation. And imagine that your family structure is suddenly dissipated. And the key person who was the paternal figure in your home suddenly gets removed from the home. <clears throat> he is property and he's removed from the home and he's sent somewhere else and you don't know where he goes. Or one of the children, as soon as they are born, they get removed from the home. This is the history in the United States of black families. And that history is a result of these people being considered property. Now, here we are 400 years later, and we're still dealing with the effects of this. Samuel Kachira, how do Black families overcome this crisis? <clears throat> um, education is important. But education? I Education is important. To know to know your history is important. Um, to to know it, to understand it, to acknowledge it, to accept it, and also I think to forgive it. You've got to be able to move forward. One of the main ways of moving forward is forgiveness. So, I mean, people are having problems forgiving a friend or a family member for something, and you can't really move forward with that relationship. So you've got to forgive. So, what I'm hearing from you, excuse me, what I'm hearing from you is that in order to move forward, there needs to be forgiveness. Genuine. Okay. You can't forgive when people aren't accountable for their actions. Not true. You cannot. Yeah, you can. People have to have accountability because understand something. You're talking about America. Even if we forgive them, the <clears> pain. <throat> the rage, none of that's going to go away because then, people then are still acting forgive. like that. Then this you don't forgive them. Like then you don't forgive them. When you forgive, you don't have that. It's a release. Okay. By the way, my mother who raised me was raised was um, born in the 1800s. So I'm just saying what, what you said, Marquis, about coming from the family and all of that. We're, 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 we originally in our spirit, we are a culture that's clannish. So we survived that because of that spirit. 
So moving forward, a lot of it has to do with lack of education and foundation. Second time I've heard that word. Second yeah. time. That's right. Education. Education. Right. Education. But the schools have to be funded. Like I, it, It's almost like they fund the schools according to zip code because the black communities get less funding than the white communities. Is that done by design? I'm, I'm sorry, Cherokee, did you say it's kind of like? Is that what well, I heard you is, say? Well, I say kind of like, but the truth is that that's how that's it is. A, okay, so yeah. we know that this is a hardcore reality in the United States that depending on where you live is the access to your education. Right. Kirk uh what is your observation of the American public school system? It needs to improve, seriously. Greatly. Uh, they, it, it, it needs very, very serious improvement. Um, uh, it's uh, funded uh, in a haphazard manner based on, your, uh, on, the, on the income of the community. So uh, by and large, uh, urban areas receive less money than um, rural areas. Um, the schooling is um, not up to standard. Uh, the courses are not taught in such a way that that um, students can learn can can learn properly. Um, they're not taught history. History is incredibly important, but again, to disenfranchise people, they don't teach history because they want you to read the lessons again. They don't want you to connect the dots. Um, uh, so many, the, so many um, subjects here are so badly taught. I mean, uh, you, you just name one. I mean, literature, uh, social studies. They don't teach you how your government actually works. They don't teach you how to get ahead with your government, how to make a point with your government. So when you have protests in the streets, it, that's a, not necessarily a bad thing, but the point is that you that people should know exactly how to correct this situation, not just with voting, but with the entire way that the entire government is set up, which is often why immigrants do better than people who live here because they're forced to learn how the government works in order to survive. Mm, very good point. Very, very, very good point. Um, uh, America is built on money and capitalism. And, um, you know, Samuel, I'd like to ask you, why is humanity so expensive? Uh, the Democrats want to create program after program after program in the safety nets. And the Republicans say, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Why is humanity so expensive? Mm, I don't think it's only the Democrats creating programs. I think both of them are Republicans and Democrats, but Democrats are leaning more on capitalism. And that's why you're saying pull yourself up by the bootstrap. So I get that. Um, when you say it's expensive, learning lessons are, it can be expensive. Depends on how you learn the lesson, right? But that can be expensive. You can't pull yourself by your bootstrap if you don't have any boots. Thank you, Cherokee. Perfect. Absolutely. Oh. It's nice if you guys want to make so, metaphors, but you know I, that's not really applying, right? No, but that's true. I, like, I'm sorry, Sammy, you said what? You said you, you know said, that's not true. Cherokee, Samuel, you, you, said, 
I'm sorry, what were you saying? Who, me? You talking to me or Sam? Okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, go I was trying to ask a question. I'm gonna go ahead and add something here. So, um, okay. Cherokee, you sent me a video today where everyone was told to line up on the line so that they could run the race. And the race, and I'm focusing on the word race, um, the prize was a $100 bill. Right. The, video is the video is circulating on YouTube, and yes. I believe it takes place in Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and what happens is the coach says, whoever wins the race can collect this $100 bill. Right. And they said anyone who has grown up with both hands, uh, both parents in the home, step forward. Right. Anyone who's went to a private school, step forward. Anyone who's um, had to contribute, and anyone who has not had to contribute to food in their family's refrigerator, step forward. Right. And when this race was done, everyone that was in front was uh, Caucasian male, European Americans. And sadly, uh, all the black and Latino kids were in the back. And they were mostly black male that I saw in the back, males of African descent. They ended this, uh, I don't know who got the $100 bill, but it certainly wasn't me, but uh, they ended this race with a prayer circle. Samuel, when I share that story with you, Tell me now about forgiveness. I'm not looking at that story and, and relating it to anything forgiving, but I will what, say. What was left out about the story was that the person who, who initiated the race was trying to make a point to the privileged children that they had a different life from the people that were their friends that they were running the race with. They both, you know, that the, they had parents, they had private educations, they had certain things that the black kids did not have, but they were all together as a unit and, 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 and together. But when you, when you brought up certain things, they were separated. That was okay. the point. So I want to go back to Samuel. Samuel, tell me about now, now in this context, I want you to tell me about forgiveness. Forgiveness is a personal thing. Personal. <clears throat> yeah. Look, I'm not, I'm not very, I'm not strong in the Bible, but I remember that it does say to forgive is divine. Yeah. Okay. So forgive and forget, I believe is a bullshit. I think you'll never forget anything, but to forgive. You forget. But you, excuse me? You shouldn't forget. Well, you can't, well, you don't. Your body will not forget anyway. Right. So, I find, I find this forget. statement ironic. Kirk Adair, uh, history is about understanding the past. Forgive and forget. Is it, you, you've been a professor. This, would, you, would you not say that a lot of what we're experiencing in America is because of the fact that we don't understand the past? We don't understand our history. Would you agree with me when I make that statement? Well, absolutely. You don't, they don't under, understand history here. They're not taught history. And there's a distinct... Um, agenda not to teach history because that way the status quo can be maintained. You know, it's the idea of forgive and forget. Forgive is a good idea. Never forget. Never forget. Because the important point 
is that you have forgiven. And when you do forgive, you know, it, it should be unconditional. But at the same time, one should never forget. Um, what they're hoping with the way they teach history here is that you will forget <coughs> everything or not even yep. be interested. It's presented in such a way that people are bored to death. Um, and <coughs> He's got a point with that. The vital issues that we are going through today have gone on since this country was founded, and it goes on again and again and again. It's the same storyline with a different cast of characters, slightly different costuming, but basically it's the same thing. For instance, the Boston Tea Party was paid for. It was a paid-for riot by John Hancock, who was smuggling tea along with Sam Adams. They were making a fortune. They didn't want to pay the tea tax, so they paid a bunch of unemployed dock workers to strike and riot. And then, of course, this, the, the authorities had to come in and do something about it. Because Hold on. Hold on. Don't forget to add that they dressed up as Native Americans. They dressed as Native Americans so that Very they important. could be held accountable so that they couldn't be held accountable, so the finger would point at somebody else eventually. Now, now, Samuel, this is important for us to recognize because in yesterday's program, we were talking about infiltration. And um, we're, Black America is saying we are in crisis and we need you to acknowledge us. I know for me, um, one of the challenges that I have with people, I don't really care what the mistake is. We don't have to dwell on the mistake, but I do need you to acknowledge it so we can move forward. If you're not able to acknowledge the mistake, it's as if you're acting as if it never happened. Can you relate, can you relate to uh, that? I can relate to that. I can relate to that, but I can also relate to having a fight with someone who cannot see a per, uh, your perspective, and then you cannot move forward because you cannot forgive that person. I'm I'm sorry. You cannot or will not. Good question. How would you answer? The interpretation that most African Americans seem to have is the will not. Okay. The will so if you not. so if you will not forgive, then you will not move forward. It's well, very simple. Let me tell, let me let me read re, let me relate this to Mother Nature and your human body. Okay. Number one, the human body is designed to live forever. It's mechanical. We are mechanical beings. We do not do things to heal, like I me being a, a massage therapist for the last 30 years. If I say I'm going to heal you, actually, you can call me a liar, right? What I am doing is reminding your body what to do to heal itself. The body is meant to heal itself, yeah? So one thing that, that, that plays an important part in our lives is being stress-free. The more stress-free you are, the more blood flows through your body, Okay, may I stop you for a second? Stress no, please, free. let me let me let me get to the point. Let me just get to the point. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop. Stop. Because you're the host. Finish. Go ahead. Go I'm ahead. gonna add, please. I'm gonna Go add. Ahead. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Stress free. 
okay? I need to stop because what happens is, is we go on and, and there's key things that we need to focus on. So when you talk about stress-free, um, please make your point and keep in mind the 40 to 50 hour work week that Americans now do. The single parent, the working, the two jobs and childcare. Keep all of that in mind as you talk about stress-free and the assaults happen on a daily basis. So to remind me how I forgive because what, you, what you're talking about sounds very spiritual and I'm talking about something that's economic and political. And do keep in mind that this is a political talk show, so economics comes naturally into that conversation. But you must, but many on the right must make their statement. But I wanted to bring you back to that point because it's important that we focus on that. So you were saying. I'm saying, if you cannot forgive, you cannot reduce stress, period. Let's just leave it at that. If you cannot forgive, you cannot reduce stress. Now, however you want to take that, go ahead. But it's... It's, it's that simple. Okay. If you cannot forgive, you cannot reduce stress, period. Right. So then I, I would like to understand the right's point of view in blaming Chicago. I'd like to understand the right's point of view in blaming the, uh, a Colin Kaepernick or someone that's advocating for those of African descent. When we say the word black, it is polarizing, polarizing. What makes people so uncomfortable when they hear the word black? Black lives matter, do they not? Yes, they do. They do. So then we don't need to say all lives matter because we know all lives matter, but we need to be sure that black lives matter. We Would you agree sure. with me with so that? Are you, are you not sure that black lives matter? No. Is that, you a, know question? What? Is that a question for me? It's a question for you. So the question is... What are we uncomfortable about when we are discussing black families, black cities, and black lives in urban America? What are we uncomfortable about? I don't think we're uncomfortable with anything. Okay. We're so when we discussion. say so when we say black lives matter, there's no need to say blue lives matter or all lives matter. There's no reason to say it. Well, I think no, the reason I think the reason is being said is because because what you're taking a segment of the population, black people, and you're saying that black people matter, black lives matter. Yeah. But then why aren't you saying all lives matter? Why aren't because, you saying- Because of the different policing, Sam, because white people get taken to jail to have a fair trial and black people are murdered before they're even in handcuffs. That's, That's how it started. That's how it started. That's right. That, That's right. That is, but- but, they need to broaden their scope and make it also about equality and economic parity and school funding. They need to, if because the issue is really full equality. That's really what we want. We don't need freaking Black Lives Matter on, painted on the streets. We you, need to have full equality. Did you hear recently, there, I watched uh, an interview between Candace Owens and the, the chairman of the oh. Black Lives Matter movement. In New York. Why? Did you see that? Did I you don't see like Owens. I think that she works for the for the deep state. I don't no like problem. her. No you problem. Know. You can have your opinion. You can have your opinion. But the, the chairman of Black Lives Matter New York City, the chairman said 
the problem for black people is in the food. That was his whole explanation for the problem that black people are facing today. You know, that might be true because my grandmother always said you are what you eat and black people can't afford the good food, the, the vegetables. Okay. They can't afford to eat that. They're eating out of cans and different, you're right. It's true. Oh. It's okay. true, they're drinking Rangel and, and different so beer. we have agreed that black families may not be educated quite the same depending on where they live. We are now dis we're now discussing diet, which in an urban area, the access is different than a suburban area. But forgiveness was in this conversation. So I wonder if one forgives when the crime, and I did say the word crime is still, uh, it, it, because it, it, it would give one the impression that it's a crime against humanity when the crime is still being perpetrated. Does one forgive Samuel? That's a little broad. Can it's you broad. narrow that down? Yeah, can you narrow that down? Okay, so we just talked about the facts that uh, urban education is at a deficit. Yep. We just, uh, it, 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 it selects schools, select, uh, you know, the, everyone's supposed to be equal, but select schools are populated with the same types of populations. It's usually Caucasian and Asian. And um, New York City is one of the cities that said, hey, let's take the top 10% of each school and put them together, creating diversity. Asian families are very, 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 very adamant that this not happen. And I wonder why. Now we're discussing black families and white money, uh, but when I see, uh, but when I see typical Asian Americans, they can sort of fall in line with that a little bit easier. Our history doesn't seem to affect them quite the same way. Now, try. Uh, Chinese groups have been maligned here. Japanese groups have been maligned here, but there are many opportunities that have been afforded them. Yeah, grants. Um, they get grants. That, I said yes. they get grants and such that we're not, yes. we don't have access to them. Yes. We live there, so there are grants that are open to foreign born people that are not uh, open to domestic born people. With that being said, again, the question was when acts that border on criminality against humanity are still being perpetrated, it's one to just forgive and forget. You don't forget, but you can forgive. It's on you. If you want to move forward, you forgive. Okay. You, so, but you're not going to move forward if people aren't open to listen to what the problem is so that we can have a discussion and communicate so and have some form of community. One, one moment, Cherokee, one moment. Uh, I'd like to fold so Kirk saying, Adair into the conversation. One second, yeah. Sam. Kirk oh. Adair, when I described the race to you in the, in the $100 bill uh, prize and the coach was expressing all of the detriments that might take place over a period in, in a lifetime that could keep one from getting the prize. 
Samuel said, it's all on you. The right often says it's all on you. Or is it? So I'm curious to know from you, Kirk Adair, is America set up to offer equality to all people? Are we set up for that? It's an idea they work towards, but it's certainly not an idea that exists at the moment. Thank you. Sam it is the ideal. It is the ideal, but it is not at all what is going on at the moment. It's the ideal. It's what we should be working for, but it's not, it does not exist right now. So in other words, we're not where we need mm -hmm. to be as a country. So when nowhere we near. say, nowhere near. So when we say make America great again, we haven't quite reached our greatness. Well, that, that slogan is optimistic. Uh, and I felt that it should have been a little bit more better explained because there was, it was actually aimed at the Kennedy era. And Make America great again? Yeah, it was aimed at John F. Kennedy. It was okay. aimed at the John F. Kennedy era where um, equality was coming in, where they were funding schools, where things were changing where things were massively changing in society, and he was offed for that very reason. That's right, Hoover didn't like him or his family. That's right. Because he was a threat to the establishment, because right. that was, when they say make America great again, it doesn't mean George Bush, and it doesn't mean any of those assholes because they're all deep state. It actually was to go back to the period of growth under John F. Kennedy. And the thing was that Kennedy offended too many power moguls, too many of the central banks. Uh, he was considered a, a liberal uh, economic threat to the establishment, and he had to be removed. That's actually where that goes. And unfortunately, it's been adopted to be sort of a redneck rallying point, which is not what it was intended. And unfortunately, um, uh, Trump doesn't really explain that. You know, he just, I mean, he's sort of like a bull in a china shop. It's like a little more empathy, you know, to, to or, 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 or trying a little bit, just trying to make a point, you know, instead of just, you know, standing there and thundering forth. You know, it's like, no, this is not going to work. Um, but so that's, actually, that's actually what it was meant to be. Um, it's certainly not. Anywhere so you're saying the Kennedy era from 60 to 62? Yeah. John F. Kennedy was making a lot of changes and he was, he was, he was, uh, he was offending a lot of the establishment, particularly the Bushes who had been arrested for trying to have a coup against the government of Franklin Roosevelt. Bush's father was involved with that. I was under house arrest as were several other people. Uh, there was a Marine colonel who reported to Franklin Roosevelt and Bush's, Bush's father was tried and they said that no Bush should ever be involved in the American government again. That was a decision by a federal judge. And you said this happened in the 60s? This happened in the 60s. Well, okay. it happened, the original happened in the 50s and then uh, after Eisenhower, uh, when Kennedy came along, they started to have real change. Okay. And so... The establishment did not want that. 
1962, JFK was assassinated. In 1965, uh, Malcolm X was assassinated. And who was the president? Who was the president? Johnson, right? Johnson. Johnson. Okay. That's all you have. You don't have to look any further. Right. Okay. Uh, in 1968, Martin Luther King was assassinated, as was Robert F. Kennedy. Yep. Yep. Because Robert F. Kennedy represent, and both of them represented a threat to the economic establishment. And all you have to do is look at who Nelson Rockefeller, David Rockefeller, Lawrence Rockefeller. Okay. So let's go back to black families. JFK was an advocate, Malcolm X was an advocate, Martin Luther King was an advocate, Robert Kennedy was an advocate, and each of them were assassinated. Mm -hmm. They were, were all connecting the dots. Yeah, they were all um, they were all under um, surveillance and and by Hoover. Hoover even okay. sent Hoover even sent tapes with um, with um, Martin Luther King with another woman to King's wife. To dis so to to mess up their family thing, they were trying everything to right. to, to disfranchise the movement. Okay, um, this this is very troubling for me when I discuss this because I'm having a very difficult time of understanding what was great during a period pre civil rights. I'm trying to understand what was great during a period of redlining where we uh, created clauses in home contracts that said no blacks, no Jews, no one of Mediterranean descent, uh, no dusky people. Uh, no dogs. On that side, it also said no dogs, no natives. It, it, it. It was disgusting, and there Thank was nothing. But there, there was nothing good about that time for people um, of color or Native American descent. Nothing. Well, th I asked you to to. Thank you for bringing up the dogs, but I I, I don't know that the, the the dogs were attacking the black people in that period. So I don't know if the dogs were treated worse. No, I'm saying that I'm saying on the signs that you were that you were that you were mentioning on some of those signs it said no dogs. That's okay, and, and I'm and I'm saying that in some cases a dog was treated better than some of the African Americans. That was throughout slavery. The the dogs, the animals were treated much better than the slaves. Well, I'm not talking about slavery. I'm talking during this period of '62, '65, and '68. Hoses, attack dogs, um, freedom marches, uh, beating people when they got off of buses. We're in 2020. This is not even 60 years ago. So there are people that are still alive that engaged in these acts. They're still alive. I'm 53. So um, the people who are my mom's age might have engaged in some of this behavior. So Samuel, um, when we say make America great again, and we're thinking about black families and white money, how do we make America great? Hmm. I mean, I can't explain how to make it great again, because- I don't know if anybody I don't know can. 
Right. I don't, I don't know when it was super great anyway. Right. Thank you. But Thank you. in saying that, that doesn't mean that we cannot just make it great. Okay. And that doesn't mean that we don't have good things to, to, to move forward on. Good relationships to build, getting people fed, and just being the leader in the world. Okay. And so here we are. We've discussed education. We've discussed diet. Uh, we have discussed uh, proximity to resources. If I have right people on this program, the first thing they will discuss is black on black crime, and they will discuss Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. And New York. If a city has a black mayor, an African-American mayor, and a primarily African-American population, we will hear words like criminal, thug. And I don't hear words like family and human and children and uh, support. I don't hear those words. So my, I guess my next question is, should we support independence of African-American families? Should we support or should we support interdependence? Because from what I'm observing, dependence is not working. Kirk Adair, I'm going to let you take that question. Should we support independence or interdependence? If you give a man a fish, you're feeding him forever. If you teach him how to fish, you're giving him the ability to support himself. For too long, the Democratic Party has not done anything to really, in my opinion, to, and it's just an opinion, to really reinforce or help the black community. They've just given uh, enough so that um, people get inured to that. Uh, they have not concentrated on any of their uh, uh, promises about education. The educational system has not been improved. Um, a lot, the, they have been bought off, like, well, certainly like the Republicans, have been bought off by special interests. And, Republican, Republican light. And the, and the, and the corporates. You know, and the, and the corporations don't want people thinking, they don't want them independent, they want them smart enough to work the machinery and not to raise <laughs> about anything. And it's appalling, bless you. Uh, it, it's appalling. And I mean, the system, bless you, Cherokee, the system needs to be overhauled. And uh, I, I, I believe that, that more should be done for the African-American community, but I also feel that a lot of the wealthy African-Americans who have the option to do something should absolutely band together and start helping African-Americans to move forward. Asians have done that. You see that in the Jewish community. You see that um, in other communities. And, I, and I'm, my feeling is that that should be done. I mean, um, certainly there are many wealthy African-Americans in media you know, who could make a major difference if they stood up and said, no, I don't like the way that these films are being done. I don't like the casting. I think that we need to do different stories. Uh, I think that funding, you know, there should be more black universities. There should be more black subjects taught. 
that that the history of slavery and the history of the whole in the country should be taught better, but certainly a history of slavery should be taught. It was appalling. Now, you know, I, w- you I want to when- add, one, one second, please. I want to add that, economics, that the, the economics last person that did that was Bill Cosby. I'm sorry, what? About the Bill last Cosby? person that did everything that you just, just described was Bill Cosby. Yeah, and? I, I, I'm, I, I stopped because I wanted that to resonate for a moment. Well, he's not the only one. Denzel Washington has done things. Many, many other African-Americans have done things. Yes, uh, Oprah it's is supposed to have done things. The trouble is that, that um, Cosby um, really made a problem for himself. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's one thing to be a, a media star. It's another thing not to be able to keep your hands to yourself. And that's not just Cosby. It's so many... Um, it's so many people who are in positions of power, both in the media and in government. The trouble is he didn't realize that he was being watched. Wow. And, uh, okay. there are many people who are in a position that, uh, you know, can get away with that because they're not being watched. Does that- Well, Harvey Einstein and people, women are speaking up. So yeah. it yeah. has nothing to do with being watched. It's women came forward. Well, that's okay. What- I- well, I, I that's have to cool, close, Cherokee. I agree. I have to close out. I have to close out. We have five minutes remaining. The Me Too movement and the Black Lives Matter movement are movements that have stemmed from basically what is happening in the current administration. It has caused these groups to mobilize and to sort of the trajectory has flown upward. Many people have problems with the Me Too movement and many people have problems with the Black Lives Matter movement. My question that I always ask is why? What is it that makes many feel so uncomfortable when a woman advocates for herself? And what is it about saying Black Lives Matter that makes someone feel they need to get get a rebuttal? They must (laughs) negate that. They must negate. But we, we, we've had a conversation today, and here um, we have discussed Bill Cosby having brought the situation upon himself. Here was a wealthy African-American who certainly, he purchased the Little Rascals because he felt that it, it was depicting Black people in the wrong light. And here is the man that we say has brought his problems upon himself. He's black. Harvey Weinstein is the person who brought these problems upon himself. He's Jewish. Yet Harvey Weinstein is still in a position where he's fighting, and Bill Cosby is not. In, 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 if in, I may, if I may, there's a closing guy, sorry. Um, now here we are, we have two Caucasian males running for president. We have Trump and we have Biden. And both of them are notorious for wandering hands. Both of them are now getting women that are coming forward saying I was made to feel uncomfortable. But the current commander in chief 
has a notorious track record, and that brings us back to accountability. So when we talk about Black families, there needs to be accountability. Because when it comes to white money, there needs to be accountability. Kirk Adair says independence. Hopefully independence leads to interdependence, which is one of the reasons why we do this show. I'm Marquis Devereaux, Cherokee. I'm sorry I had to cut you off. You know how those closings go. Um, Samuel, I want to thank you for being here today. Kirk Adair, I want to thank you. And guys, it's really important that we stop placing blame on a particular group. If we're really, if, if America is about its economics and everybody needs to be able to partake equally, I thank you for tuning in to Verbal Assault live stream. We will see you tomorrow on Wednesday when we will discuss bosses versus leader. Who the hell is running things? We'll see you tomorrow on Wednesday. Bye-bye. Every day fly.